Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark this morning. Let's do it. First up, the Avalanche back in action last night. Four to three, they take down the Arizona Coyotes. And Andrew Cogliano, man, this guy was acquired for a fifth-round pick at the deadline two years ago and has slowly but surely become one of the most, in my opinion, key pieces of what they've got going on right now. Is it maybe hard to keep a rhythm when there's that many stoppages like that? Yeah, I think you guys get out of the game, but I think tonight we had no choice but to stay in it for full 60 and, and grind and, and fight for a win. We needed a much, you know, win tonight, so that was important for us. It's good that they've got the type of veteran leaders that they have in that locker room because they're missing Gabe's leadership. Like, things got shaky last night in the second period, end of the first period. You saw some frustration from Miko Rantanen. He took a couple of bad penalties last night. It was times like those where Gabe was able to settle things down with his play or Val was able to provide a spark and maybe help generate a little. Well, you don't have either one of those guys right now. So you are relying on Cogliano, Jack Johnson, who had a big game last night, right? Even Zach Parise just coming into the lineup. They have some veteran depth on this team. They've got enough leadership-wise to dig themselves out of this, but is it enough to get them over the top? Hey, well, that's what we'll find out, but that's what they need is that stabilizing that stabilizing mentality because the, the avalanche to me I, I will continue to say it they're very streaky they're very hot cold mm. and they need they need that more <laughs> we were talking about russ they need the more neutral <laughs> thinking right the neutral thinking from yeah. russ all right next up second down larry bird spoke glowingly of nikola Jokic at all-star weekend and by the way larry bird met jason tatum yesterday for the very first time really right how about that Jokic. I would love to play against him. <laughs> He's good. He's yeah, good, right? He's good. I mean, there's so many great centers over the history of our game. Man, is he good. I just hope he stays healthy and able to continue to do what he does because he is fun to watch. Probably yeah. more so than by the league. They used to be the when the Golden State was healthy, they were really fun to watch. Now I've switched over to Denver. He makes that whole thing go. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't he be fun to play with? Oh, man. God. Isn't it crazy, though? And I, and I love their praise there from Larry about, about Joker, of course. But how about Tatum being in his seventh year and for the very first time last night met Larry Bird? Man, yeah, how does that happen? And also, I like how Larry says he'd love to play against Jokic. Yeah, Larry, because Parrish and McHale would be the ones guarding him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's you right. mean you'd like those guys uh -huh. to play against Nikola yeah, Jokic? No question. Look, I, I, I love the fact that we hear from Larry on Jokic because when Jokic was making his ascension, uh, ascension rather, to this MVP caliber player, Larry Bird was the one that everybody pointed to and went, yeah, well, he's got some Bird in him too. So I think it's cool. It's cool. I love to hear Larry's thoughts on just about anything. Larry's a, Larry's a really smart basketball mind. He is. He is. And I think, I think with Larry too, I think it's less evident. I think Jokic has that edge to him that mm -hmm. Larry had. And Agreed. I don't think people really look at that. Agreed. You just don't see it a ton unless it's like in the midst of the fire. He, right. he, he plays that down a little bit for sure. Third down. Luka Doncic after the game yesterday. And by the way, if there's a poster child for what's wrong with the NBA All-Star game right now, it, <laughs> it's Luka Doncic, okay? But Luka provided some reasoning as to why he maybe doesn't give maximum effort in the All-Star game. 
Do you feel like you defer to those guys a lot? I mean, uh, them being older. But in terms of offensively, you're not like in all-star games. You're, I mean, you're leading, you're leading the NBA in scoring, but you're not very assertive in all-star yeah, games. When people come here playing 40 minutes. Uh, you know, they don't want to get injured. Uh, everybody just, you know, just get out of the way. Uh, so I don't know how to fix that. Uh, but, you know, I just follow the league. All right. So he basically said, you know, nobody really comes here to play hard. And there was more of this with a different reporter a little bit later where he said, well, nobody tries on defense. Why would I try on offense? I guess I hadn't thought of it that way before. It doesn't justify it to me. But again, I go back to these guys are making these insane dollar values per year and they're signing these insane contracts. How do you incentivize somebody that already has it all? Well, that's the thing is you could be their quote unquote boss. They're making more money than you. <laughs> like Luca. By the way, did you see Luca try the off the backboard dunk last night? Oh yeah, and got rim stuff. <laughs> and yeah. that was but no, with that, it's it's you're right. I think there's also an element too. This is the all-star break. And so the best players in the league are thinking, so because I'm the best, I gotta go to work right. during the break right. while my teammates are all going to Mexico and going back home uh, to see family and everything. Well, and we I heard think there's Michael an element Malone. of that. Yeah, I think you're right. We heard Michael Malone last week say he felt sorry. For Nicola yeah. because he couldn't have this week to just rest and he had to obviously go to Indiana and play in the all-star game look I don't know if I feel sorry for him but I did notice a moment where they kind of cut away the camera to Luka Jokic and LeBron sitting there together and I thought to myself yeah well it makes sense those guys really aren't playing those three dudes have to leave everything on the floor every night for their teams to win and as good as the Nuggets are Murray hasn't been consistent this year. Neither has Michael Porter Jr. Aaron Gordon has been slightly more consistent, but banged up. Once the heel got better, we've seen Gordon kind of get there. But you're right. There's not been a through-line player outside of Jokic. And Luka. I mean, nobody has a higher usage rate in the league than Luka. So those guys got to be fully healthy to give everything every night. I really can't. I have a hard time blaming them, even though the product is so watered down. Although I'd love to hear some ideas. If you have an idea, send it in. How to fix the All-Star Game, 303-713-1043 on the RamosLaw.com text line. One, two, three. Fourth down. Adam Silver was on the court after the game, after the actual All-Star Game last night. And there was a storyline heading into the weekend that Silver had met with the Players Union and met with some guys and said, look, we got to tune this up a little bit. They changed the format back to East versus West. Well, it resulted in the highest scoring All-Star game ever. 211 to 186 was the final score. The first time any team has scored over 200 points. That was not what Adam Silver wanted. See if you can hear it in his voice. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. (laughs) I'll say... The rest of the commissioners in the major sports, Goodell, feel however you want to feel on Goodell. No fun league, you know, all that. He's basically an operating arm for the NFL owners, right? I mean, we know that about about Goodell. Silver, I think, is probably the best commissioner in sports because Manfred is just awful for baseball. And Gary Bettman, I mean, you know where the NHL? The NHL is going to take a two-year break from their All-Star game because they've got the Four Nations face-off next year, and then they're going to the Olympics in, uh, in 25 or not 25, they're going to the Olympics. They got, in 26, they're going to the Olympics. The NHL All-Star Game is going to be in Long Island. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
Don't put an all-star game in Indiana like the NBA. Don't put it in Long Island. Don't put it in Cleveland. No, put it in California. Put it in Florida. Put it in Vegas. Put it in Vegas. I mean, eventually the NBA All-Star game will be in Vegas because yeah. there's going to be a team there's there. There's going to be a team. Yeah, there's going to be a team there. I just don't know how you fix it, John. I, I don't know how you fix it. Adam Silver, as good of a commissioner as he is, when I like how he says he met with the players. Do you know what they were all thinking when he was like, hey, I need you to tune it up? They were all thinking, oh, shut up. Yeah, stop, <laughs> like, stop. Yeah, yeah, sure, Adam. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll dial it up for sure. Yeah, no, anything no, else no you question. want us to do is we make you billions? Coming up on the other side, the rankings are in for the Broncos rookie class. And I know a lot of folks out there are saying the draft is where it's at. You got to draft well to build this roster, especially if you're going to be cash strapped. Well, we'll let you know what experts thought of how they did last year next. Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. Matt Smith and John Davis. Happy Monday, happy President's Day. You know, John actually brought up an interesting point. We're in for Mike and Mark. Those boys will be back tomorrow. Everybody is off today here for the holiday. Dan Jacobs will be in for Josh and Stoke and Kyle and no Sean this afternoon for Zach and Phil. So John brought up something interesting during the break, and I've been thinking about it, and I need some help from the text line. The best ever portrayal of an American president in film or television. Who is it? I don't, okay, so can we... Yeah, there, there we go. go. There Amateur we go. Hour. There, yeah, exactly. Mic Seriously. Okay, so here's the question. Is it any president fictitious like the Independence Day president? Or sure. are we going, okay, so any... Any president. Real or yeah. you could do... We, we talked about uh, Gary Oldman in the recent Oppenheimer. He's only yeah. in for like five minutes, but it's this very compelling right. scene. Right, Martin Sheen in West Wing sticks out to me. There's a bunch of different ones, so I'm curious to know if anybody's got any favorites of theirs. 303-713-1043. Like, who's the best portrayal of a president? It's interesting because I can't... Say, do you have any? do you have anybody that comes to the top of your mind? I'm going to start thinking, but... You say, yeah, start thinking on it. Start thinking on it. It's a thing you would think that you would be like, oh, I'm going to reel off 10 of these. This guy and this guy. Morgan Freeman, Olympus has fallen. I never saw that. Neither have I. I just know he played president. I just know he played the president. So, yeah, best. we'll go television, too. Just who's the best portrayal could be they're playing a real... I know John Adams. I think Paul Giamatti. I think people like that. I never saw it. Maybe sure. that's my problem is I've never seen any of them. I think that's probably, the, best, probably uh, the issue here, John. Yeah, best TV or film portrayal of a president could be a real president, fictitious president. Yeah, hit us up on the text line. So uh, we spoke about it before the break. I'm curious. The rankings are out for the rookie class in 2023. Now, we know the Broncos didn't have a first-round pick. Right. And, you know. <laughs> we we just, know why. That, uh, that instantly can probably disqualify you from the top 15 of this list. Where do you think the Broncos uh, came in here? It's going to be low. Uh, it's bottom, I, I would guess, somewhere between, honestly, 29 and 32. Because outside of Marvin Mims, I mean, Drew Sanders played. I don't, I don't know who else even played. For the rookie class, so it would have to be JL Skinner. I think had like a snap defensively. Yeah, it's so. With all due respect to those that rookie class, I can't imagine it would be anything higher than twenty nine. And remember, they moved up to select Riley Moss, a white <laughs> that's, corner. That's that's okay. right. <laughs> a white that's right. And he and he obviously he got banged up a little bit, but he really didn't crack the rotation at all. I mean, he played a little bit sparingly near the end of, end of the year and on special teams. Well, and the guys that played, and I get Marvin Mims made the Pro Bowl as a special teamer, but they, and 
I don't know if it's his route running. His involvement wasn't very high after the Washington game. Mm-hmm. Of the guys that did play, it wasn't like, oh, my God. Look right, at so this you dude. had Marvin Mims Jr., second-round pick, uh, Drew Sanders, Riley Moss, J.L. Skinner, and then Alex Forsythe, the center from Oregon in the seventh round, who, by the way, may very well be the Broncos' starting center oh, this year. I think he's – I hope he's practicing right now because I don't think they can afford to bring back Lloyd Cushenberry. So – Clearly, we're going to allow some time for these to change. Based upon one year, obviously the results weren't very good. They were ranked last oh, in the it NFL, was last. 32nd. Oh, yeah, wow. they okay. they got a D grade, and this is this is the uh, this is the content here. Two years ago, the Broncos sent three players and five draft picks to Seattle for quarterback Russell Wilson in a fourth round selection. They parted with last year's first and second round picks in the deal, which has brought a very low return on investment based upon Wilson's performance in Denver. Thank you very much. I think yeah. we got that. <laughs> yeah, I think we knew that. <laughs> Mims jumped out to a big start for the Broncos, posting 113 receiving yards and a score against Washington, as you just alluded to, in week two. But he only bested 50 receiving yards twice over the rest of the year, which obviously, I mean, that that's not that's not great in the, in the final 15 games. And to, not to be ideal. honest, and I don't mean this rude towards Marvin Mims, I couldn't tell you what games those were off the top of my head, meaning the effectiveness of it probably wasn't exactly what you, you would got want me, to you be. You got me thinking here. All right, let me continue. Uh, they go on to talk about Drew Sanders, right? We, we know about Drew Sanders. Alabama, Arkansas. I think he had like nine and a half sacks his senior year of college. But he's a bit of a tweener guy. He's a they, hybrid. Yeah, we heard about that. You could play him outside. You play him inside linebacker. He started the season for the most part inside. Then near the end of the year for depth, they kind of moved him back to the outside. I'll say you could see the athleticism sideline to sideline. It just felt like he was swimming constantly last year, trying to drink through a fire hose with all the information. I agree. This is what they said about Sanders. Struggled with his tackling early in his rookie season, but was better later in the season. Ah, challenge flag there. The team's remaining picks played very little, with Moss missing time due to injury, Skinner playing one snap defensively, and then Forsyth obviously failing to see action. The Broncos did find a gem with Jaleel McLaughlin as an undrafted free agent, and he had 570 scrimmage yards. Look, the, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because as we move forward, assuming the Broncos part ways with Russ, they will be straddled with that dead cap. Now, they're also $20 million over the cap right now. So they're going to be extending guys. They're going to be cutting guys, trading guys to, first of all, become cap compliant once again. But they also have to hit in the draft yes. on some of these younger cost-controlled players. And based upon Sean's first draft, Definitely not great results. So as, as much as we all kind of po- point to George Payton and go, you know, look at what have you done, George Payton? And I'm not trying to defend him here. I'm just saying both of those guys working in cahoots got to be way better than what we've seen this year because they need young dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They Look, even, even when you're not strapped with the cash, the salary cap problem that the Broncos have, you still have to hit in your draft. Uh, you go back, look, I don't. I'm not here to sing the praises of Josh McDaniels, but a large part of that Broncos Peyton Manning success was built on McDaniels draft with Demarius and Decker and Tebow and uh, J.D. Walton and Zane Beatles. And then the next year they come out, you know, they get Derek Wolf, they get Malik Jackson, they get Danny Trevathan, they get Ronnie Hillman, they get Brock Osweiler. And uh, I miss, oh, I'm missing a draft. And then in between there, they got Vaughn Miller, they got Orlando, they got Raheem. I know people Raheem more, but he did contribute. Chris Harris Jr. comes in there. Julius, uh, Julius Thomas. That allows you to go sign free agents. Exactly. That allows you to have that. So even when they didn't have this problem, you still have to draft well. Uh, Sean Payton's big, uh, 
his big resurgence in his later time in the Saints with the Saints was built on his 2017 draft. Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramscheck, uh, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Trey Hendrickson. That was one draft class. We need more of that here. We need more of we that We need some here. of that here. Yeah, yeah. Because we went through this, and I went through this exercise last week with Stink, and I did it with Stoke as well. We talked about the Broncos Foundation Matrix. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL.com, he came up with this basic guideline of about 12 players you need as a foundation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Stoke and I came up, I think, of 5 of 12, and Mark and I had 6, but 2 of them were reaches, and one of them was Cushionberry. Okay, he was not going to be here anyway. Point being... You don't have a foundation here. You've got to start finding these foundational core players. And even later in the draft, you could find starters. you got to start to find a way to hit on some of these guys. You do because you have tons of holes. It's not just about the top-level talent, 1 through 12 on the roster. It's also about 12 through 53. I mean, we, we, we talked about it maybe more last year during the preseason. But you remember the Bills preseason game in the Hackett year where they got oh, mopped in it's, Buffalo? It's like 50 to nothing. And I might be exaggerating, but it was like that. <laughs> we could see the lack of quality yeah. depth on that team. And I think throughout the season this year, even though maybe it got a little bit better, it's still really lacking. It, you, you've got to improve. Hey, nobody nobody works the back end of the roster like George Payton. At, <laughs> least, at least that's what I'm told. That's right. He's a big scout. And to your point, looking at preseason with depth, the 2015 Super Bowl year, that backup defense and that backup Broncos went up to Seattle and just, just absolutely obliterated them. You could tell there was something there. No, they, they've got to build – that's actually the challenge you're pointing to is they're not just building depth. They're building the core pieces. They're built. They don't have a penny soul an Amon Ross St. Brown, right. a Laporta, they uh, Gibbs, mm. the lions can succeed because they built the core at the right positions, the positions that can affect uh, Aiden Hutchinson that can affect every play. Our best player, Pat Sertan, you can scheme him out of a game really easy. If you're the opponent, they need guys that can affect the game. Every play coming up next. What's trending we're going from great news in the worst-ranked rookie class to even better news. Guess how many wins the Rockies are supposed to get oh, this no. season? Denver Sports Why Station, 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Matt Smith and John Davis in for the guys this morning. Thanks for locking in. Happy President's Day. They are off for the holiday. They will be back tomorrow, though. Schlereth returning from a weekend trip in Arizona to watch his son coach. He's the pitching coach of Western Michigan. Good timing, by the way, getting out of here for this weekend. Yeah. I mean, he got right out of here before it snowed. Somehow, I just yeah, I was. I he went always to, has that knack for it, John. I, I went to a concert Friday night. It was that like rainy stuff, and yeah, then the I sleet. come. Yeah, and then I come outside and there's like four inches of snow on the ground. It's sleet. Yeah, I mean, come on. Sleet. You're from Colorado. You ought to know what sleep is. I don't know what sleep I don't, I'm not, I don't, I know, I know I don't like it. I know I'm going to sleep. <laughs> okay. That's what I know. Okay. <laughs> the Rockies, first up in what's trending, the Rockies, ah, coming off 100 loss season, the quest for 500 ball, it continues. They have been projected by ESPN as the worst team, not only in the NL, but in all of baseball, again. Well, you don't think they're going to win a lot with that uh, that robust free agent class? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. In. I think they got a backup catcher, a couple of relievers. My old mailman actually is going to be a starter for them oh, this year. Okay. Yeah, excited, yeah. Exci excited. It's to pretty see cool. It. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, I know you're a Colorado guy. Are you going to make it out to any Rocky game this year? Uh, somebody's going to have to invite me and 
the tickets going to be free. Well, you don't have any friends, so I mean, yeah, that's that's a problem. No, I don't have any bad friends, which is why I won't be going exactly, to the Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you're not going to go. Are you going to pay for the package? <laughs> oh, yeah, the streaming Yeah, app? the MLB TV. No. No, I'm not doing it either. No. I'm not doing it either. No. Sorry. <laughs> That's all I really have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's-, <laughs> that's all I really have to say about that. Last night at the All-Star Game, LeBron having some fun with Nikola Jokic. Will Chamberlain, Bob Cousy. For the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Dr. J, the guy I was talking before, yeah. That was my first All-Star Game back in uh, 68, I think. 68. No, it was me, Allen Iverson, Vince Carter, Kobe, Shaq. Timmy D, KG, all those, all those guys, like all of them. Grand Hill. Yeah, it was a hell of a group. LeBron making his 20th consecutive All-Star start. I, I know around here LeBron isn't going to win any, you know, most popular awards. Right. He's probably one of the best sports villains we have right now in Denver. And he's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's sure. that's what's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he does, he does a lot for the game of basketball, clearly. I just think it's interesting. You look at the longevity, and he even brought it up last night or or maybe on Saturday when he did his media session. He was asked about, has he thought about how he will approach the final year of his career? You can do it a couple of different ways. You can play it out, then just retire at the end of the season and not really tell anybody. He called that doing the Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Or you can take the other approach and go like Chipper Jones, Kobe Bryant, and do the farewell tour. He said he's 50-50. Do you believe that he's 50-50? No, I think he's going to farewell tour it when he goes. It's LeBron. The, he's talking about it. <laughs> That's the opposite. That is the, LeCap yeah, is what it is. He started a conversation about what will he do right. when he retires. No, LeBron's going to farewell tour it. That, For sure. And, and that's fine. He's, it, meant, it, he's meant too much to the game not to do that, in my opinion. And, and I, think, I, I think he should because I think fans around the other cities should know, hey, this is the last shot I get to see him play. And, and, and go to those games and watch him play. I, I think he, 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 for one, it's LeBron. Right. He's going to, he, when they lost to the Nuggets, he hinted at retirement last year. Like he, he, he is not going to stay quiet about it. No, no. <laughs> if there's one thing we know about LeBron. I brought this up a little bit last week, but we had learned some new details and I haven't gotten your reaction to it. And I'm curious about the plans for Colorado's spring game. And we found it out on Lil Tunchy Radio because that's where we find things out about, you know, Colorado football program. Gave me the idea. So for our spring game, yeah. we're doing a whole prime weekend. Okay. we having a fashion show Thursday, some for the boosters on uh, on Friday, okay. then the game on Saturday. We're doing an after party. Yeah. You know, his DJs. Okay. We're going to cover everybody. Okay. And then uh, after the game, we're doing something with the uh, alumni, but also... Maybe at halftime in the game, right at the end of the game on the rooftop, yeah. we're going to have uh, somebody. It's going down. It's going down. Okay. Mm. Whole prime weekend, John. The fat, who, who among us out there doesn't have an alma mater that has a fashion show for their spring game? Who among us? How about that? I, I don't know how many times I've been sitting at an exhibition. <laughs> and and say, what, what would make this better? <laughs> yeah, I, I need to see some some cool clothes. That's right. To really get this going. Um, hey, 
uh, for one, Wayne, if you get Wayne to perform there. I, I don't think, think that's it's great. Wayne. I don't uh, think it's Wayne. It didn't sound like it was he, Wayne. He said he's going to have DJs. Let me tell you, if I'm watching football and there's some DJ playing, I'm going to be like, shut Stop. up. Stop. <laughs> Although, to be honest. The it's pro- not going to be during the game. but We remember last year, the atmosphere was incredible. They sold out the spring game, which was bonkers in and of itself. Like, but sold out something that used to be free. Like, got people to pay for it. Not a seat in the house. Yeah. And it was dumping snow. We saw Peggy kick off, which was cool. You know, that was a cool moment. But everything that happened after that, like the game itself, the product was terrible. They didn't have enough talent in the building yet. It'll be better this year for sure. I understand the halftime show, right? The spring game is pretty boring in and of itself, no matter where you watch a spring game. So I get the performances at half and then maybe after the game. I'm good with one fashion show. I thought they already checked that box. (laughs) Do we, do we need to do that right before the spring? Okay, all right. Was the it's, feedback so good on the other fashion show? Loved it. <laughs> you know what? I, I have realized I'm now at the point in my life where I'm struggling to understand what's cool anymore. Oh, I'm there. Yeah, because because I talked to a lot of these players after Shadur and Shiloh went to Paris and said, do you, did that bother you guys? No, they were all fired up about like fired up about it. And then I talked to a couple other beat guys who did some other interviews nothing but rave reviews so i have just accepted that i don't know what's cool anymore i i don't i definitely don't know what's cool anymore here's what i do know uh for coach prime the name of the game is recruitment anything and, you and, can and branding, do in branding and, yeah, anything marketing. you can do because right now he can't promise college football playoff like ohio state and michigan oh, are you sure in georgia he's probably are you sure he, he might be because he said that. it multiple times on record but what he can th- yeah. that's true but what he can promise recruits is people are going to watch you in fact i think within 10 seconds i could probably find out and find a video pull it up where he straight up he's promised like the college football playoff okay well here we go but okay that aside uh-huh. do you think recruits are buying into uh, that as much uh sorry it's increased next year, and guess who's going to be in? <laughs> <laughs> it's increased. Guess who's going to be there? It's Prime in the bus. That was 10 seconds I could find it. Prime I'll find you bus. another one. But the, the point is, I think, for yeah. recruitment with him, it is all about, look at all this attention I can bring you. We'll get everybody on you. Uh, the spring game. Here's my big concern with the spring game. That's great that he said all of that. Mm. Let's see a good football team. Hey. That's a novel idea. Let's just see a good football team. That's a novel idea. Because he barely talked about football. All right. (laughs) (laughs) On the other side, we have tons of submissions to get to, okay? Tons of submissions to get to. We asked the RamosLaw.com text line two questions, 303-713-1043. How do you fix the NBA All-Star game? That's number one. And number two, since it is President's Day, who was the best portrayal of a president in film? Either a fictional president or a real president. Tons of those submissions. We'll get to them all next. Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. I'm really glad you kept this in here. (laughs) Matt Smith and John Davis in for the boys this morning. Beastie boys. Happy President's Day. Everybody's off today, uh, holiday-wise, around here. They'll all be back tomorrow. We had asked the RamosLaw.com text line a few questions, 303-713-1043. We've got two going right now. The first one is, how do you fix the NBA All-Star game? Because for the life of us, I mean, the, the answers are just not flying, you know, free and fast here. And the, and the second question, John, was the best portrayal, because it is President's Day, 
the best portrayal ever of an American president in film. Now, it could be a fictional president as well, right? I mean, yes. It doesn't have to be, you know, you, you're, you're, you're playing, you know, Herbert Hoover or, you know, right. it White could be, D. The example I give is the Independence Day. The exactly. Movie Independence exactly. Day. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so you ready for some submissions here? Let's hear it. And then jo uh, Dante, rather, has a few. He said that he came up with this idea. So somebody says John Voight as FDR in Pearl Harbor. Okay. Mm. Jack Nicholson in Mars Attacks. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Without a doubt, the best fictional president is Harrison Ford's portrayal in Air Force One. Matt from Castle Rock. That was good. That was a good one for sure. Chris Rock in Head of State. <laughs> uh, I mean, can't lie. It was, a, it, was a good, it was a good portrayal. Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln. Yeah, that's oh, probably, probably going yeah. to That's probably got to be the he won, top. He won for that, too, I think. Yeah, so. he did. Morgan Freeman. When did he not win for whatever he's yeah, done? Yeah, he goes away for eight years. Where, comes where back is Daniel Day-Lewis right now? I imagine he's somewhere secluded in some sort of barracks in the woods. Getting right? into character yeah, exactly. for a movie that's four years away from filming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said Morgan Freeman Invictus. Okay. Guys, that's easy. Terry Crews playing former pro wrestler turned president in Idiocracy. That, that's, oh. a, that's a deep cut film, Idiocracy. I haven't seen that in a long time. Somebody says Dennis Haysbert as the president in 24, the series. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. All right. Kevin's, well, I don't know if I can put Kevin, uh, Kevin Spacey in this conversation anymore. Mm. Paul Giamatti is John Adams. Somebody gave you your Paul Giamatti. Okay, we got a couple of Jack Lemon, Jack Lemon, James Gardner, and Dan Aykroyd in the movie The My Fellow Americans. This is true. I mean, whenever you have Jack Lemon and Dan Aykroyd, that is always cinema gold. Who who was your submission, Dante? Uh has not been said yet. Oh really? Uh, oh yes. someone uh, wait, can I see can I guess here? Michael Douglas, the American president. Nope. No. I don't think either of you guys maybe John Matt, I don't think you would guess it. Oh, I wouldn't get it. Oh, I, clearly uh, I wouldn't be yeah, as esteemed yeah, enough yeah, to guess. Well, hold on, hold on. This may not be a compliment. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So, someone, someone else said, no-brainer Will Ferrell as George W. Bush. Now that's a... Oh, that's the Saturday a, Night yeah. Live. But he also did like that whole da George yeah. W. special and everything. That he, he, Daryl he, Hammond had a good Clinton on did. SNL he, back he, in the day. He, he certainly he was, did. Yeah. All right, Dante, hit me. Uh, Selena Meyer, Veep. Selena Meyer. I wouldn't get Selena oh, Meyer. Oh, Veep. Yeah. Hold, hold on. I didn't think you would guess that. Hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. I wouldn't get Selena Meyer? Why, why would you think that? I don't know. It just seems more of John's alley than your alley. Oh, John's got the Selena Meyer. Okay. Well, I John's, see how, I John's see how it a is. comedy guy. John's a funny guy. You think guy. that I don't love Veep? Veep is one of my I favorite shows of all time. Okay, well, you've I love expressed Veep. that to me. I love Veep. Okay, I love me and John we'll talk about we'll Veep ask. all the time, so I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are in the yeah, fan club. Yeah, so that's clearly. why I knew John would yeah. Can you invite me to the next meeting? Because I'm a huge Veep fan. Yeah, I just want everybody to get along right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that this Can't we just all be friends? <laughs> that is a great submission, by the way. She is fantastic in that show. Fantastic. I love that show. Anyway, anyway, so those are some of your suggestions. Keep those rolling in. Keep those rolling in. Jamie Foxx in that movie with Channing Tatum. Jamie Foxx and Channing Tatum. What am That's I the one you said. Oh, uh, White House Down. White House, White House Down. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olympus Has Fallen series, right? That one? Oh, Is no, that, they're actually... Well, are they part are of they the same? Different? They're different, but it's the same movie. Oh, I see. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 they it are different. No, no, no. The other one is um, Gerard Butler and... Morgan uh, Freeman, right? Morgan Freeman. And then this was Jamie Foxx. Oh, this was just the one-off. Right, White House uh, Down. I remember. I was, I'm uh, looking at the poster. It's not part of the universe, though. No, they, no, okay, okay. Two no. different universes where the White House was attacked, though. Okay, well, okay. I'm glad that's not happening in this universe. <laughs> Moving on.
moving on. Um, John, there were there were a few. <laughs> there are definitely a few different things I wanted to I wanted to get into. I found this really interesting though. ESPN released, and obviously, by the way, are you ready for listicle season? Because we're here, hot and heavy, baby. Oh I yeah, mean, yeah. Rankings, lists, best you know, running back, worst running back room, best wide best receiver, second room. tight end. That's in right. The NFL. That's right. That's right. So the NFL, I thought this was interesting. ESPN released a tiers list of how they rank teams right now. Okay. <laughs> How they rank teams right now. Well, well, if you had to describe the position the Broncos are in right now, how would you describe it? Uh, like, um, they are, whether they want to admit it or not, mm-hmm. they are in a complete tear it down situation. Okay. All right, so hold um, on. Let me, how about this? Why don't, yeah, I read, why don't I read you the tiers? You tell me, okay? We'll start from top to bottom. Okay. Still major contenders. Right. Need a postseason breakthrough. Teetering contenders, headed on the right track, stuck in the middle, but maybe a move or two away, stuck in QB purgatory. This could go either way. New coach, new direction, rebuild in the works. Yep, still rebuilding. Okay, did each team get its own tier here? No, there's, a lot, is, there's a lot of tiers here. This is, and this is for ESPN, by the way. This is Jeremy Fowler. Um, I would put the QB purgatory ah. would be the Broncos. How about you, Dante? Any guesses there? Yeah, I like that one. What was the one right before that as well? Stuck in the middle, but a move or two away. I would say it's QB purgatory or that one. Well, you two have both watched Broncos football, clearly, yeah. because they are firmly in the middle of quarterback purgatory, which, by the way, was exactly what we were worried about at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. We said, look, if you if you don't offload some of these assets, if you don't commit to that, what's the best you're going to do? Make the playoffs? Meh, probably not. You're probably going to be in purgatory where you don't have a good enough draft pick to go get a top-end quarterback in this draft, or if you do, you're going to have to leverage a ton of, of capital invested into that deal, and you're not, you know, good enough to be in the 20s. You know, you didn't have a good enough season where you made the playoffs. You're going to be right in no man's land. And that's where the Broncos are. This is, according to ESPN here, Broncos obviously finished 7-10. and 10. The average age of the roster, 27. Last year, by the way, the Broncos were one of the oldest teams in the NFL. Yeah, how did, yeah. It's, it's, not I, like they're gonna, it's not like they're going to start adding free agents. We already know that George Payton said, we're not going to be active on day one in free agency like we were. That was last year. Which honestly might benefit them with the way free agent signings have gone the past I five think years. So it might be I better that they so. can't be out they, just throwing money around. They are under the cap in this upcoming season right now, about twenty five million. There are ways to get under it, extending players, cutting players, converting sure. contracts into signing bonuses. There's plenty of different ways you can fumble with that. So I really don't think that they're gonna have any problem getting cap compliant this year. Mm-hmm. What I think the bigger issue is can you actually build a competitive team with that dead cap anchor, right? And Kyle and I had this discussion yesterday on our, on our Sunday show, 7 to 10 a.m. If this is the year you're going to make a jump up in the draft, because the latest rumors are that the Broncos are hot and heavy after Drake May. I even saw yesterday uh, Pro Football Focus came out with another mock draft where they've got the Broncos moving up to two to take Drake May. I'm not sure if that happens. Yeah, they're not making They've heard. They've probably heard something, but you're right that it's one thing to say it, right? It's another thing to do well, it. Well, Cecil has told us several different times that yeah. the scuttlebutt around the league is that the Broncos are going to be, you know, very active in this draft. They're going to be looking to, to use his words, make a power move in the draft. And I said to Kyle yesterday, 
I'm not a huge fan of that decision mm-hmm. because they've mortgaged their future, right, the last two years. They did it for Russ. They did it again for Sean. But I understand the impatience of Broncos country where y- you look at the situation. And, John, they've tried just about everything else for quarterback except for drafting a guy high up in the draft, right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's the one strategy of the last 10 years. And what bothers me is I've heard a few people say, well, that stuff wasn't Penner and Sean Payton. I'm like, but it is their problem. They, yeah. they can't ignore the recent history no. of the organization. I, I get where you're coming from as far as mortgaging the future mm-hmm. because that is giving up Brady and Manning switch teams. That was free agency. We saw Stafford get traded. We've now seen maybe the all-in not work as well with Russ and Aaron Rodgers sure. and Deshaun Watson not really getting the return there. But I I am a fan of moving up. I don't know what that takes, though. Yeah. It, it, I probably do have a line with that. Giving up this year's first and next year's first for Drake May, you could talk me into. Sure. I could be a fan of that. Okay. But um, I that's what I would do. You have nothing until you have the quarterback. You're stuck in the mud talking about, like, if they were teetering and things like that. What they did this year was a mistake because there's you, you pointed it out. There's a difference between winning games and contending. Mm-hmm. And they went for winning games when they weren't going to contend. And now they're picking 12th and they're in no man's land. So they put themselves in this position. I am a fan of going all in on a guy like Drake May because you don't know when you're going to get another quarterback heavy class. You're sitting within striking distance at least. So I would do it. But I totally understand the apprehension given the state of the roster. And and I think that's where I'm coming from. And, And I said this yesterday that if this is the year you're making a jump, you're going to be making that jump with ankle weights on because you do have to deal yeah, with that yeah. dead cap and you do have so many holes. And one of the things we know, if you really want to capitalize roster construction wise, you do it when the quarterback is on a rookie contract before this guy's making crazy money, right? So do the Broncos have the team around a potential quarterback to do that? I don't believe so. Now, we had Cecil on on Friday and he said, look, if you go get Drake May, 10 wins is not out of the question. I vehemently disagree with that. I don't think in this division, in this conference, with a rookie quarterback, with the holes that they have and and the financial restrictions that they will have, I don't think that that's possible. Just my opinion. Everybody has their own, right? And we haven't seen the combine yet. We haven't seen a lot of this other stuff yet, medicals and, and so on and so forth, that will finally round out, right, and help us form our final opinions on what we want this team to do. I just struggle to think that, hey, man, like, are you really setting up that young quarterback in a position to succeed with what you have around him? And I think you could make the argument that every year, did the Carolina Panthers set up Bryce Young in a position to succeed they're by setting up, away DJ Moore? They're setting up nobody to succeed in Carolina. So I but, get it's not a yeah. hard and fast rule. I, I, I fully understand that. What's interesting here is that that is the one remaining option the Broncos have not really tried to investigate yet to find their guy. My belief is... If you draft, if you get your guy, your Drake May, right. for example, it doesn't matter if you win next year because you're just seeing, you're getting him out there, you're getting him the reps. And and I, you can't do what the fans want. Well, when you raise tickets 71 to to $100 a piece, you better care what they want. And you don't make your decisions based off that. You think Sean cares but, what the fans want? No, Sean doesn't care what anybody wants. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, just as long as we're clear. <laughs> but... but you could sell. I, I use this example. Tim Tebow's rookie year. Not the year they went to the playoffs, but the year before when he was a rookie. Okay. They fired Josh. They only win four games. The last game of the year, Tebow brings them back. They lose at the very end of the Chargers. The crowd's hyped on the way out. 
because they got their guy. And I'm not saying you do everything for the fans, but it's a lot easier to get people to buy in when they tier a team mm. that's got a young rookie quarterback that they can start building around. Yeah, because you remove pressure and expectation. Exactly. Yeah. Versus, hey, let's march out Sam Darnold and pretend. And, and again, stack wins, but never contend. And that, so I, I don't think if they get Drake May, I don't think what they do this year really matters a whole lot. It will take a lot of the pressure off the situation. If For that's, everybody. Yes and no. Yes and no. Because Cecil pointed to an example of Houston last year using C.J. Stroud. Well, Houston didn't have to give up anything to get the second pick. They actually got stuff that allowed them to go get that second pick. And they also had another pick in the top 10 yeah. in which they hit on in a big way. They got the offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the top 10 of this draft. The Broncos would have to invest a ton of capital that would not allow you maybe to go fill a few other positions versus where if you were to trade down, yeah, okay, now we can pick up a second round pick that we don't have this year. Hopefully, if we draft right, that translates into multiple starters. You fill multiple positions. And in the process, you're not burning a year of that rookie contract. Now, again, does that guarantee that you're getting the guy next year or the year after? No. No, it doesn't. And again, this is somewhat of a heavier quarterback draft class. Now, I think the one opinion that is formed about this draft class is that if you're not getting the top three guys, you're probably not going to find your guy. And that's... I'm not all the way. So I am. I all year my plan was you could trade back because I like Penix mm. and I understand. For one, there's a lot of people out there that watch Penix play two games this year. Sure, and it was no the, it was the college football playoff. as there are almost every yeah. year. I, I watched a lot of Penix this year. I get he had a ton of talent at receiver, but they also needed somebody to throw them the ball. Sure, we've seen in Denver you can have all the talent you want at receiver. <laughs> you still got to get them the ball. Yeah, and. I was always a fan because the knock on Penix, I get the injury concern, but I also, when a knock on a guy has something to do with other than his ability to play football, I take a look at that guy. Okay. Because they're not talking about well, how you're not taking a look at him at 12. You're not taking a look at him at 12. I'm a fan of trade back. Right. I think you have to get a quarterback, whether I, and I also, I'll, I'll admit, I have no idea who's going to pan out mm. or not. It, it is no, hard. Nobody does. But if yeah. you love Knicks, we've seen Joel Klatt continually. He did it again yesterday. Talk about Bo Nix. So if you want to trade back, I'm a fan of trading back, picking up more picks, getting a quarterback that you can play this year while at the same time building that roster around him. So I still think in the first round, whether it be trade back or trade up or do it at 12, the Broncos have to walk out of this draft with a quarterback. You can't go. They would be, and I know everybody hates this, they would be in a better position today if they took Justin Fields instead of Pat Sertan. Mm. And that's not to say Pat Sertan is a significantly better football player than Justin Fields. You are never worse by bringing in Pat Sertan. It is not a knock to Pat Sertan. But the organization would be in a better yeah. position today if they would have taken Justin Fields. Well, you know Fields. why? Because they wouldn't have Russ. They wouldn't have Russ. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> they, they, they would have maybe a left tackle they took. Because they still would have been picking high. You sure. could have got Sauce Gardner, who's not as good as Sertan. But that's that's my point is, and th to your point, and that leads to your point why I understand the apprehension of giving up a lot of capital right. to move up. All right, so here's what ESPN had to say about the Broncos being stuck in quarterback purgatory. Quote, what's not next? 
The Russell Wilson saga promises to be popcorn-chopping entertainment. Sure, the Broncos can keep him in the fold for 24, knowing the quarterback room will be awkward after last year's benching. Virtually no one around the league expects this, though, since it would lock in his $37 million guarantee in 2025. Or they can pay him $37 million of their 24 guarantees to just go away, knowing offsets will be minimal with prospective teams leveraging Denver's guaranteed money against him. Basically meaning... Somebody gets a free quarterback. I mean, you pay him a, a million dollars while Denver foots the bill. You can build a team. Ideal spot if you don't really have and a guy. And you, you screw another team out of getting better, which matters. By what, paying Russ less. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You, okay. You, I guess that's fair. Uh, they continue, there's no easy solution, and trading him is an arduous task, which I'll just go on to say an impossible task. The money paid to Wilson handcuffs a team that must go cheap at quarterback, either with veteran Jared Stidham, another veteran, or a draft pick. Quarterback purgatory. Don't we know it well? This is KKFN, KKFN HD1, Longmont, Denver.